0: Talk Radio.
1: all right hopefully the phones are back on so uh 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show and and uh we're going to find out when, when somebody calls in if it's working but anyway so matt so um usually players rally in situations like this around the new guy and You know, they, they, it can sometimes be a a lift for a team that's been struggling the way this one has. Um, Do you anticipate the Miami Hurricanes being able to summon up that type of juice here these next few weeks and kind of get their season kind of back on track the best they can? Here's the thing.
2: (laughs) I live in the real world, okay? (laughs) Multiple Miami coaches even off the record have told us this team is giving maximum effort in practices and in games. If you believe that, if that's true, how do you reach another level? There's no other level to reach. What you have is what you have. They're playing their hardest. They've been coached by you for 10 months. Your personnel is what your personnel is. It's not like you're bringing new guys in and and playing them much. At least they haven't been. So, for me, uh, you know, I always say I'll believe it when I see it. I want them to win, of course. It's much more fun covering a team that's winning than this disaster we're seeing, you know. And the future is still bright. Like, Miami fans should certainly not give up. And, you know, I, I guess being the pessimist I am, I saw this coming maybe more so than others. Um, with, you know, my philosophy always is expect the worst, and then you'll just be happily surprised. Even me expecting the worst, I never expected three and four, man, with the, with the teams that are playing. Duke. Middleton, I feel like it's, it's ridiculous. And if coaches said, we're not playing hard enough, you know, we're going to find guys that are playing harder. If coaches said, um, you know, we, this is the problem we've identified and we're going to, and, and this is what we're working to fix. Then I'd say, okay, but one game it's penalties. One game it's turnovers. Three games. You can't pass the ball. Three games. You can't run the ball. It's, so many different things that seem to just pop up, pop up, pop up. Is it Mario Cristobal's fault? Is it Josh Gattis' fault? Is it Kevin Steele's fault? Yeah. For those of you that aren't watching, I'm shaking my head no. <laughs> <laughs> because it's because it's everything. It's not just the coaches. It's not just the players. You know, It's not just Gary Furman's fault, although he probably bears some of the blame as well for making everyone think they're going to be amazing this year. Um, the reality is this still is a team that – most of the players are from last year's team. Now, did I think they had a great young nucleus of players last year? James Williams, Cam Kitchens, Leonard Taylor, blah, 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 blah. Rashard Smith even. Yeah, I did. I did. Have they made plays to the level I thought they should? I think they should? No. Is that their fault? The coach's fault? We have not been allowed to practice. We have not been allowed to practice since the end of fall drill. I can't in good conscience, tell you guys what the problem is because I don't know. All I know is what I see on Saturdays what I see on Saturdays is a poorly coached team that isn't making plays and that seems to not be having fun. That's what I see. Is that the truth?
1: You no, know, because
2: I know they're good coaches.
1: Yes, yeah, no, but, but they, they, the but kids they, have not been having fun. You're so right. But
2: they are not having fun. And there's a major disconnect between what the coaches want and what these players seem to be able to do. And until you fix that problem, I mean, there's, there's, you can't just say, okay, everything's going to be hunky-dory now that Jake Garcia is the quarterback because changing the quarterback. It can bring us both to the offense, but at the end of the day, the team is what the team is. The offensive line is still going to struggle. You know, there's, there's one wide receiver right now who's proven himself. And, you know, the tight ends can't block. I, like, I, you, know, I, you can go on and on. I don't want to start bashing people, but when you're three and four, you don't even need to bash people because, like, they've already been bashed. You know, I feel bad enough for these guys as it is, so I don't need to add to it. It's just, it's just disheartening. But the future's bright. And I'm going to wait for the future. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do the Rip Van Winkle. If I could go to sleep right now for three years, I would sign that. I would sign on that contract line right now. I would go to sleep for three years right now and then wake up again. No joke. All right,
1: let That's me good. try I'm, Greg.
2: Not for my life. This would make me hurricane.
1: Let me try Greg one more time here, Matt. Um,
2: oh, I'm going to be on here for another hour, dude.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, if we, we can't, if we can't get these phone lines working, it's, 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 it's not going to be another hour. Um, Greg, um, Welcome back, hopefully back to Kane Sport Live. Can you hear me? Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I just—I I apologize, man. And, you know, it's it, this technology stuff. It's like for some reason it was just crapping out, but I'm glad to hear it's working now. So let me just reset the num—the number for everybody: 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Please call in so I don't have to let Matt go on another 30-minute soliloquy there. Uh, So, anyway, Greg, what uh, what you got for us tonight?
3: Okay. We have 46 four- and five-star players on this team. The, The rating services cannot be that bad, Gary. We are so underachieving, it's scary. Duke, we beat Duke. 95-10 95-10 to 10 over the last two years with the immortal Manny Diaz at the helm. And we get blown out with Mario at the helm. How many times are you going to let the quarterback run up the middle, dine on the goal line? Is Kevin Steele comatose or something? Well, what is with this guy? He's got to be King Duke is right. a basketball player. College, not a football powerhouse. This is a joke that they could be this pathetic. And you tell me how tough South Florida kids are? They're oh. soft as Charming. They're awful. Stop with this South Florida baloney, okay? They, you got, once they, they, they fall behind, they quit. You, you, it's embarrassing to the university. And they're going to put 150 million into this pro- program? Are you kidding me? Come on, come on. W- what's the answer, Gary?
1: You know, obviously you're making some good points. I, you know, it's been a little bit of everything, Greg. I mean, it really has. I mean, it's been the coaches sometimes that haven't done as well as they probably could. It's 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 been the players. Uh, it's been opposing coaches. Um. Doing some creative stuff, man, in game planning, and uh, you know it's been creating causing problems with this team and this level of personnel and and and, and this group. And uh, you know, last week we actually we ta- I think we talked about it on this show. I mentioned that Duke had a couple coaches that had been at Miami. Uh, David Feely, the strength coach. And Jeff Simpson, the defensive line coach, they knew Miami's personnel backwards, forwards, and sideways. They know who's not necessarily that you know like uh, such a smart on-field player. Uh, they knew the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of every single guy, and I'm sure Duke game-planned to exploit that stuff. And uh, they did some crazy things. I mean, they. There was one uh, defensive scheme they had where they overloaded, I think, five guys to the left side of Miami's offensive line and just brought the house and uh, Miami wasn't prepared for it. And that's when Tyler got, uh, you know, nailed and Jake got nailed twice. And they had three strip sacks. You don't, you don't see three strip sacks in an entire season, much less in a the game. Uh, there is some, some, some really bizarre stuff that we are seeing this year. Uh, You know, when you talk about four deep balls in a single game, uh, which we saw against Middle Tennessee, uh, the two then a week later that they gave to North Carolina that turned that game, a three-point game that was 14 points, they gave Carolina on two more deep balls. Uh, Just, you know, you can't, it's it's like, there's a reason why they're losing, you know, when have you ever seen Tyreek Stevenson muff a punt before like he did at at Texas A&M? He's trying to make a play for his team. Uh, you know, so, you know, is it over anxiousness? Uh, you know, did
4: I do that? Look what I did.
1: Did you actually do that? Cause I'm saying I I'm not, cause I, I win. cause I know, I, I know I'm I not hitting Kane the button. So on. Hard. I know I'm not hitting the button on these things. We've created a monster here tonight. I think Matt's going to just take over Kane Sport live after this. He's, he's seeing how much fun this show is, but, but Greg, there's uh no, honestly, there's, there's just been so many things, man. So I don't think it's just players. I don't think it's just coaches. Uh, I keep calling it. It's a group effort. Um, they all collectively are have not been meshing here in year one the way they've needed to to win these games. That's the best I can answer it.
3: Okay, why wasn't your Brown putting the game at the end to see what, if he can even throw the ball? We were getting blown out. Jake Rossy is throwing ducks down the middle. He, he can't complete anything down the middle. He throws these. 50-50 balls, and they get – Colby Young made a good play. Jake Garcia is not the answer, I guarantee you right now. He couldn't shine Van Dyke's shoes. you got to be kidding me. And you're telling me it's a good thing we're going on national TV in two weeks? What if we get blown out again? I think it's a great thing. not going to do anything for recording? Yeah, no,
1: listen, you, you don't – you don't shy away from that opportunity in two weeks fearing, oh, my God, we're g- going to get blown out. Are you kidding me? you got a national TV audience on ABC. Okay, this is not Regional Sports Network. This is not Valley Sports, Greg. This is ABC primetime on a Saturday night from Hard Rock Stadium that if this damn marketing department and game presentation department has any sense and gets their act together – That place is going to be lit up big time. They're going to roll out the Miami Knights jerseys. Uh, I got to hope there'll be activations around that. I mean, Miami, and, and you know what? The fans are part of this, okay? The fans need to show up for the Florida State game because this is Miami's showcase this season. This is the chance to show that football is not dead at the University of Miami, going through some tough times, but Miami will show up for the for the game, the big game, and this is going to be a prime time showcase on a Saturday night. And there is no reason that Hard Rock Stadium should not look like Hard Rock Stadium looked in 2017 when Notre Dame came back, came to town. Okay, because yeah. it was amazing right. that and night.
3: It, I agree. Okay. It'll be half half the fans will be Florida State
1: fans because Miami well, not fans not not a team them. fan comes through. Not a they got, How are they going to get the tickets, Greg? Uh, the only way they, they get those tickets is if Miami fans put them on StubHub because Florida State gets their allotment, and the Miami ticket office controlled all the rest of them, and now maybe some Florida State fans bought them when they were on public sale. But for the most part, the ticket allocations have been controlled by Miami, and if it ends up being half Florida State fans, you know, then shame on the university for allowing that to happen because that should not happen. okay.
3: Okay. let me King ask you first. Be-
1: and, and started throwing all their tickets on StubHub. Are we going to beat Virginia
3: this week, Gary?
1: I mean, do I, I, I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to beat Virginia this week, but, but, you know, Matt would tell you that I've been watching this whole, this whole season through my, uh, through my glasses, man. And I can, you know, they, you know, he, he would say I've been watching them through these things the, the whole year as I keep pounding my microphone. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I do. I, I think they'll beat they'll be Virginia. Uh, I think that, you know, they'll put a good game together here. I think Jake Garcia will play very well with a week of preparation. Wow. Uh, to me, the biggest question for this week is, will we see curry Brown at all at quarterback, in, you know, actually throwing the football? Uh, I would not be surprised if we, if we did. It, you know, now's the time for them to get a look at all these guys. You know, uh, you know, you never wanted Tyler to get hurt. But now you got to be thinking, like, I need to see what I have right now at this position. And uh, Matt will back me up on this. Jakuri did not look very good throwing the ball in training camp and uh, didn't even look close to ready to go into a college football game. So I don't know. I've heard he's been doing better in, in practices the last several weeks. But uh, do they feel he's been doing better enough to put him out there throwing the football? Uh, you know, that that I'm not sure about. Yeah,
3: well, he might get a chance because Garcia might get killed if we play like we did on the
1: offensive line this week.
3: All right, I'll let somebody else get on. Thanks for letting
1: me on. All right, Greg, thank you for being part of the show. Sorry about the... The, uh, issues okay. for you. First of all, I hope you heard my answer on John Ruiz anyway, when you asked that question earlier. I did. I did. I yeah, I, I, I do think he will continue his NIL, um, investment. I really do. All right, Greg, yes, we'll talk sir. to you exactly. next week, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Uh, you hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, uh, the phone lines are all rocking and rolling now. So, uh, come on in. Um, Matt, are you having a good enough time? Do you want to stay for a few more minutes, or uh, I could
2: I could stay for a few more minutes. I okay. usually go to sleep at around
5: um, my
2: my You know, usually I get in the coffin at like nine thirty, nine
1: fifteen. <laughs> All right. Well, you so do, do this. Have... You stay as long as you want. Okay. Uh, I will. As, I will stay as, until as long PM. as you're having a good time. I just I'm not going to mandate that you stay because then I'm going to get a bill in the morning from you for overtime. Oh yeah. But but.
2: You know. I don't listen. I just don't want to ruin your show and everyone complaining. I'll stay for
1: another 10 minutes. There you go. You I,
2: think, I think everyone's you fine. Greg's like, Gary this, Gary that, which is great because I can just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> well, soon as like, you want to ask me a question, it's fine, but I got, I'll spend 10 more minutes uh, wasting everyone's time and I'll get out of here.
1: <laughs> all, right. Well, all right. All 563-999-3550. hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 757. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Chris? <laughs>
4: Gary Matt Ain't nothing to complain about Ain't nothing to fuss about Hey man, like you said You can't get half enough forever. I only got FSU left I said playoffs, that shit went by me I said coastal, that don't went by me Hell, all I got is FSU We have not beat a team I've never known the Miami Hurricanes be This late in the season That have not beat a quality team For Miami standards And I know y'all That's agree with that
1: Florida great State time, is left Yep.
4: Florida State is 11. Played. Like you said, I'm coming from Virginia Beach. I will be there. A lot of people say they ain't going. People say, Kevin, you ain't going to Virginia game. No, I don't want to go see Virginia. Like Gary said, we should molly. No, nah, we should beat them. <laughs> I don't even know about mollywop no more. So I told my man, Charles and them, I said, ain't no need to argue and fuck no more. The season is where it's at. It's his first year. I ain't going to complain. I listen to you and man, ain't no need to argue and fuss. Just ride the ship, but please show up, people, for the FSU game because no matter how bad they are, or how bad we are, that's a rivalry. If we don't win that, damn, the season's really getting ugly to me. And I believe we can beat FSU, even though you know the games they played the last three weeks, they came back on Clemson, they hung with for us, and they should have beat NC State. So. Miami got some work to do. So ain't no whole lot of jipping and fussing and hollering like I did the last couple of weeks. Let's go, Kane Nation. Get ready for FSU. Play Virginia. Hey, I'll holler next week. Hey, Matt, you want be on the show? Man, Gary, your ass going to be broke because you know Matt don't take no shit. Holler let you all oh five, ride or die. I'm out. Peace.
1: <laughs> all right, Kane Kane. No, he does not, man. He doesn't take any SHIT. We spell it. Uh, we don't want, you know, the uh... – The the internet police to kick us off the air, so we spell those words. But you're you're good. We're not on uh, over the air radio, so you're not going to get beeped out there. Uh, Burley Kane, 26, on the YouTube uh, chat wants to know what happened to the O-line, Matt. And uh, they looked okay at Texas A&M, and since then it's been uh, pretty meh, you know, like pretty pretty ugly. Uh, What do you think happened to those guys?
2: Well, it's a little inexplicable because Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal know what they're doing. That's what they are. <laughs> you know, Mario Cristobal's an offensive line coach at heart. Uh, that's what he was. That's what he is. So I don't, I don't know that he saw such a poor performance coming when he was coaching these guys in the spring and the fall. I think to some extent he would probably, he doesn't make excuses publicly, but I have to think that he, to some extent, thinks it's an injury issue, also depth issue. Uh, but there's certainly a talent issue. There's a talent issue for sure. They have to rebuild it through recruiting. There's only so many really good offensive linemen you can find in the portal with that number being zero, because for the most part, if you're a really, really good offensive lineman who's going to the NFL, you're a starter somewhere and you're usually probably used to that type of coaching. That's the guy who's turned you into what you are. You're not going to just leave and learn a new technique and want to do that if you're an offensive lineman. Uh, So, and a new system hypothetically also you know no top offensive lineman wants to do that so you're already looking at a secondary market that's not great when it comes to offensive linemen in the portal it's not a great position where you can really just get guys uh you know defensive end is easy to find in the portal because if he's really really good well rushing the passer whether you're doing it at michigan wisconsin usc uh university of alaska or university of miami you're just going up field and beating your guy and getting to the quarterback. You know, it's not quite, you know, yeah, there's stunts. Yeah, there's some things here and there. And, yeah, the defensive line coach will teach you some things. But at the end of the day, you can succeed as a defensive end at any school if you're faster and stronger than the offensive lineman across from you. Whereas the offensive line's a little more nuanced. So it's tough to build it through the portal. You saw that when he took two transfer portal guys, neither of whom have really worked out at this point. Uh, that would be Logan Sagapolu and John Dennis. And maybe they'll work out in the future. They're both relatively young still. But – Got to build it through recruiting. Got to build offensive line through recruiting, which means it's going to take three or four years to get to, to get to the championship level. That I expect, that Mario Cristobal expects, and that's okay because Matt Rodell's timeline is two to four years. Anything beyond four years, and Matt
1: Rodell will be covering the University of Alaska. <laughs> All right, let's go out to the seven oh six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gears. Your boy Sebastian. How you doing? Hi, Matt. Hey. What's up, Sebastian? Matt, he's saying hi to you. Hey, You can
2: hear anything on this freaking show, Gary. Hello, Sebastian. What's
6: <laughs> up? Hey, let me, let me start the show off by just saying, Matt, you have been calling it all year long. You know, oh, I, I, not a I good, love Gary. Not a good I thing. love that's listening good. to him. But you have been calling it all year long. However, I'm going to just give both of you guys something that I want you guys to think of. You guys missed it this year when I talked about what we expected from the team. Miami has never been a good team or given us a good season when we ex- have expected a lot out of them. What they have always done is overperform when we expected a lot less out of them. And we it, they they we they shouldn't have gone into the season ranked in the top 25. You know, the fact – because and they should – all these accolades, Tyler Van Dyke, first-round draft pick, Zion Nelson, first-round draft pick. I felt like the season was doomed when you guys said that. So, as you guys go into next year, Miami should just be hopeful they could be bowl eligible. That's what you need to start the season with. We're hoping that we could be bowl eligible because there's a lot of teams that take a lot of pride in kicking our ass than we do to kicking their behind. I mean, you can see the disrespect when Duke throws the upside-down U and North Carolina does that. We don't walk into the stadium wanting to beat the other teams as much as they want to beat us. Why? Because you guys swell our heads up, and you guys talk about we're top 25 and we got two first-round draft picks and all this other stuff. But next year, if you listen to me and say we're going to go into the season at 6-6 six and, six and hope to be bowl eligible – we can really expect something out of next year's team. What do you guys think about that?
1: Um, Sebastian, I'm going I'm to disagree with you, and Matt's going to get mad at me, but I'm going to tell you why, and Matt, don't interrupt me. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, all right, I look at this I, – I, I see two things, okay, of what's going on this year. Uh, I'm going to start with injuries, okay? Um, you, know Van, you know Van Dyke's been, been banged up, you know, a couple times now, you know, you know whatever. Um, running backs, Don Chaney. Travante Citizen, okay? Knighton's been hurt all year. Parrish has been hurt all year. Um, they, you're, you've been playing with your number five running back a lot this year. They think so much of him that he was available last week, and instead they put Lucius Stanley on the field in a very critical situation. Um, a guy that started out training camp at UAB this year, okay? guy that walked into campus in the middle of August, And now all of a sudden he's playing prime minutes for the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, come on, man, that's like ridiculous. Okay. Trevante citizen should be the number one back by now. Uh, He was recruited because he was, he he was potentially an elite player. And uh, had he not gotten hurt. And I know Matt agrees with me on this. He would have been the number one running back right now. Okay. And uh, beyond that, you know, Jalen Knighton was supposed to be, I mean, I'm going to use the term superstar loosely, particularly because of the way it's gone. But Jalen Knighton was supposed to be one of the key players on this football team. He was supposed to be a guy that they could get out in space, that could do things in the passing game, uh, that could be a true weapon for this offense, okay? Um, Jalen Knighton has been an absolute disaster this year, an absolute disaster. He has directly twice through fumbles and once by missing a cut at Texas A&M that was a walk-in touchdown. And getting tackled by the shoelaces instead of scoring uh, when uh, on one of the few, probably the best offensive line play of the entire season, okay um, he should have scored a touchdown um, Miami should have beaten texas a and m okay they played well enough in most in most ways and most places to beat texas a and m um, so you know that's running back, okay, tight end. Um, they've lost Arroyo, who I think would have been a key player this year. Mallory's been banged up, uh, hasn't been able to practice all that much, really going back all the way to the spring. Uh, And that's showing he's not as physical as he needs to be. His blocking is lacking. Uh, So Jaleel Skinner, who was a freshman that we beat out Alabama for, that was supposed to be a superstar from day one on campus. I mean, he can't catch a. Catch a cold, man. He can't catch COVID. Everybody's catching COVID. <laughs> Who do you know that hasn't had COVID? Okay, um, it, 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 it's it's like I don't understand. Like this kid was an elite okay. prospect.
2: let me, let me, wait, wait, stop, let let me finish. Man.
1: Just let me finish for a okay. minute. So um, I'm okay. trying to okay. I'm trying to answer your question if you let me. So Greg was making a point a few minutes ago about all the four and five star players that are on Miami's roster, and he's not totally wrong, but. What do you do when your four-star tight end, Jaleel Skinner, that you beat out Alabama for, shows up and can't catch anything? And he's playing at a two-star level. okay? And we could go on and on and on. You've seen the injuries on the O-line. You know the best offensive lineman, Diane Nelson, has not played this year for the most part. Uh, You know they're playing with a makeshift line. Justice, another starter got hurt. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark, a third starter, got hurt. You're taking one of the worst positions on the team, the offensive line, and you're playing without three starters now, and your depth is being tested? Okay, that's just the offense, man. So, like, listen, uh, I look at each game individually. I factor, I look at all those things I just said, and and there's more than just that. You know, um, Restrepo's injury at receiver was massive, massive. That was Tyler Van Dyke's security blanket all through spring and fall camp now all of a sudden he's out Uh, i'm sure that caused tyler van dyke to have a few sleepless nights um and then i look at each individual game real quick sebastian and i look at the texas a&m game where you know tyreek's muff punt led to seven points this team has been a horror show responding to sudden change defensively i don't know if the players get anxious i don't know if they're not paying attention on the sidelines I don't know what the reason for that is, but have you ever seen a defense that for the most part has not played terrible this year do so poorly when they're in sudden change situations and they have to try to hold the team to a field goal or find a way to keep them scoreless? These teams are scoring touchdowns every single time Miami's offense makes a mistake, it's a touchdown for the other team, okay? Uh, Okay. Now, and, okay. then, uh, and then, so, so Texas, that's Texas A&M, Middle Tennessee State, they don't even show up at all. But even that said, if the cornerbacks don't give up four bombs for touchdowns like they did, maybe the team has a chance to, like, catch its breath and get into the game and maybe somehow get engaged and pull it out. Uh, how many football games have you watched where a secondary gives up four bombs for touchdowns especially against a team that they're markedly supposed to be better than. Um, The North Carolina game, they gave up two more bombs, Sebastian. They missed another field goal. Borgalis missed two at Texas A&M, by the way. Then he misses another field goal against North Carolina. They give up two more bombs. Cam Kitchens, who's your best defensive back, flips out, loses his mind, and starts busting on cover two that he's been playing probably since he's six years old. Explain that to me. Okay and now you blow and now okay. wait. wait a minute. I now mean, you blow wait. the North Carolina game. Wait. That's three. And you saw, Sebastian, what happened last week against Duke. A total debacle. Okay? So okay. what but, I look but, at what, is this team was not overrated coming into the season. This team has through circumstances of injuries and the way they have played in these individual games have turned themselves into one of the most disappointing teams in college football. And I'm gonna throw one more thing at I'm giving you back the microphone. Don't okay don't negate the impact that NIL is having on this team also. All these kids are getting paid. OK, and what's the other team in college football where all the kids are getting paid more so than any schools in the country? There have been two schools that have been at the forefront of NIL where every kid on the team has had money thrown at them this whole offseason. And, and, you know, what they do with the money and all that, that's, that's, that's a whole different debate. But I'm just saying somebody actually mentioned this to me today, and I thought it was a great point. Miami and Texas A&M are probably the two most disappointing schools in college football this year. And they are the two forefront leaders in NIL money going to the players. So is it a coincidence? I don't know. I mean, we just talked Uh, about all the mental mental errors and everything. Uh, Go ahead, Sebastian. Okay. Okay.
6: Gary, here's what I want you to think about. As you go through the games and so forth, all that stuff that you said is true. Here's what I want you to know is also true. We play North Carolina. We lost the Texas A&M game. Tyreek made a made a bad play. We didn't respond. We played them hard. We didn't show up for Middle Tennessee State. The game against North Carolina. North Carolina is leading seven to nothing. We're in the red zone. Instead of kicking the field goal and giving your team some sort of confidence of just trying to battle it out in the game, we decide to go for it. You remember that, and that's when Mill Mallory, the pass was batted down and stuff. Remember mm-hmm. that moment. Remember that time during the game. What I also want to tell you about, because this has been a pattern. When I look at the Duke game, we're playing Duke. We we won our last two games. We score seven points. It's fourth down. We could go up ten to nothing. The kids are, still has a lot more momentum. Still has a lot of juice. They're in the game. We don't make it. The question I have to ask is, why do we need to go for it? Why can't we just go up 10 to nothing? If you look at Mario and you look at the team, these kids are not having fun. And I can tell he's not having fun coaching them. I think what this is all about is a microcosm of Mario came in his way, and he's still my coach, and I still believe in him. I don't think he liked coaching these guys. Coach has to do, a new coach When he comes into a program Is you have to recruit the players That's already in the program For them to buy him and for them to want to Play for you These kids don't want to play for him Now he can you get rid of that. all of them You and don't know so that it, and That's it, a, it, no, that
1: is unfair You don't know that they don't want to play for him You're, saying, you're, just, you're just saying
6: let me that Gary you know. Know.
1: Go on. Okay. I'm just saying okay. You're just saying that Okay, you don't know that. Okay, Gary, Gary, listen, listen to me. And, Matt, you tell me this. When you
6: look at the sideline, how many times do you see Mario pump his fist, encourage a guy for making a good play and stuff like that? You don't see it. I, you
1: cannot oh, tell is me totally he's having true this No, thing. man, you're just making stuff up. You're, 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 okay, you're, Matt. Let me give you back here now. You see him rubbing his let, eyes? Let me, you're just making stuff up, Sebastian.
6: Let me let me let me let me point this point. Gary, asked, just help me answer this question. At the at, when we're playing Duke and we're up seven to nothing, why can't we just kick the field goal?
1: Should have done it. Uh, he, he's following what? analytics, just, and yeah. and man, we are watching more coaches get burned by analytics. Man, those analytics got to go. We, I mean, Dolphins I don't know who I don't know who wrote the analytics. The Matt, and I, Matt and I have the talked Dolphins about it Let me let, let me finish commenting on what you just said, and then you can go on. Um, Matt and I have talked about okay. this a lot this week. Uh, analytics are not an exact science, man. It's like you could sit there and do a study on percentages of. Uh, you know, teams go for it on fourth and two and X percent make it when they do it and X percent don't. But there's a lot of variables that go into all of that. I mean, you know, you, who you're playing, what the personnel is, what the matchups are. I mean, you know, we can go on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into whether teams make it on fourth down and don't. And all these coaches are just blanket going for it all the time. I don't know if you watched the Dolphin game the other night. The same thing. I mean, that I guy almost destroyed, I he almost destroyed the Dolphin season. He was only the up, up by. six in a tight game. He had a chance to push it to why nine. You, why, why don't you?
6: Why, why don't you kick the field goal? Go up nine. This Dolphins game. Go up nine points. All I'm saying is this, Gary. And, this, and because I know you have other callers, here's what I'm saying. Number one, I don't think we ever need to overhype Miami again. That's what I'm saying. Don't do it. Number two, all I'm saying is this: the team that we have right now we all know is a fragile team, they need some sort of confidence. We don't need to be doing things in a game that can take that away. Kicking the field goal against North Carolina, kicking the field goal against Duke, I mean, what? what I would rather be up 10 to nothing against a Duke team in the first quarter than to lose it on a fourth and two. We don't have anything to prove. And here's my last comment, and this is what I wanted to refer back to. A bad season is not the end-all, be-all. I was watching a replay, and you have to go back. But I remember when Miami played Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was humming. We played them in Blacksburg. This is when we had – this is when Butch Davis played uh, a ton of freshmen or whatnot. And I watched us hang in that game. We lost it 27-25. to 25. And what I saw from Butch is what I'm, will, I'm ready to see from Mario. Keep the kids playing on an edge of confidence. That's all I'm asking. We don't have anything to prove. In other words, don't do that fourth and two going forward. Kick the field goal. Don't do those things that kind of deflate the team because I don't think we can bounce back. And if we would have never had Cervante Citizen injured, we'd have been a whole lot better because a good running back can overcompensate for a bad offensive line. Keep me on hold, and I'd rather he- I rather I want to hear you and Matt's right. thoughts on that. All
1: right, great thoughts, Sebastian. Yeah, I'll, co- I'll comment on a few of those things here in a second. Um, but first, I, g- I got to let Matt go because uh, well, you said he, my, he said he wanted my thoughts, but you're going oh, to you. Oh well, you can stay. Practical. you stay so as long as I'm you saying, want. He's like,
2: okay, now, now let's get rid of Matt. No, go that's ahead. Say, go ahead.
1: Give your thoughts, and then you can go. <laughs>
2: uh. I agree. I, a great running back can make up for a, a subpar offensive line, but we don't know. It's easy to say Toronto Citizen was the answer. I thought he was going to be. You know, he has the size, the speed, the power. He showed it in high school, but you don't know. A true freshman running back, coaches usually don't like to play them because they can't pass protect, which the older backs can't do either. But... You know, that notwithstanding, there was not another back on the roster like him. Uh, you know, it would have been interesting also if Don Chaney wasn't hurt. You know, what if, what if, what if, what if. That, that They should name that the Miami Hurricanes the what if Hurricanes this year because we don't know. There's so many different things that could have happened differently. You know, according to Gary, if it wasn't for 18 different plays, Miami would be undefeated right now. So I, know, you know? I know.
1: I know that's what it sounds but what like. If- I know oh, it's it what it really sounds like but but I broke it down individually. <laughs> like, I, I, mean, I try, I'm trying to rationalize all this. I, I mean I know that's what it sounds like and you know you can't you can't rewrite every single game and every play but you know. Right. Oh, yeah. All right, now now I'm going to go watch Fastlane in Paradise. It's been real everybody. Okay. You, you you do that and we'll we'll continue the show. All right, the other thing I want to bring up is that early in the season there was an article in the Miami Herald basically criticizing Mario for being too conservative early in the season. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that was fair. I don't think it was accurate. Do I think Mario saw it and heard about it? I do. Uh, Because since that was in the newspaper, uh, he has been aggressive ball coach on steroids. Okay. Um, I hope that it didn't drive him, but it looks like it's driving because he is going for every fourth down and, he is coaching so aggressively these last several weeks and, and he's getting burned by it. Um, You know uh, I don't like the analytics and I think he's coaching too aggressively for this level of football team uh, because they're not getting the fourth downs and then they're not responding after not getting the fourth downs. Every single time that Mario's had a fourth down fail, if I'm not mistaken, certainly the past several games, The other team has capitalized on the short field when he did it near the middle of the football field, they've capitalized on short field. Certainly Carolina did and Duke did and gone and scored in the other direction. And um, in Carolina, it was a four point lead that became a seven point lead uh, against Duke. It went for a touchdown and you know, you're in tight games and you had, there were there was, there was plenty of time. I mean, there, there, there was no reason to inject that level of risk, with this level of football team, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I think Mario's a great head coach. I think he is going to turn this program around. Uh, uh, my guess is that the way this season has gone, it's been a little unsettling. Uh, and, you know, he might feel like he has to manufacture points. He has to make things happen as the head coach. So I think you got to give him the benefit of the doubt there, unless you just, you know, don't want to. But um, I just think he's coaching too aggressively for this level of football team and that's what we're seeing manifest on game day. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five oh five six three nine 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 three five five oh you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let's go to the nine one seven you are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? What's up
5: Gary? BK Hurricane
1: Hey what's up BK how you doing this week? What's
5: going on Gary? Um you think, all right, five games left,
1: do you think we could pull out three I do i I mean I just went I just went through it, and Sebastian you know he kept wanting to cut me off, and I don't blame him I talk for about five ten minutes there, but there was a lot to cover. I mean, every one of these games has stood on their own two feet, man there's not one opponent that Miami's played this year. That they've walked on the field, oh my my God, can we play with these guys? And there's not going to be another one unless it's Clemson. And I'm not even sure, after watching Clemson play these other teams, that they're that much better than everybody else. I mean, they're better. I mean, they're winning. They're finding ways to win. But, I mean, does Miami have to go up there to Clemson on November, I think it's the 19th or 18th or whatever, and, and be scared? I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, they got Miami's got to get its act together. Okay, stop giving games away. Do a better job of preparation. Stop getting duped by crazy schemes that the other team's throwing out there. That's twice now. Middle Middle Tennessee and Duke through just totally funky defensive schemes at them and made game-shaping plays because of it. And um oh, no, it, was, it was Southern Miss. I'm sorry, not Middle Tennessee. Uh, and made you know game-shaping plays. From Uh, and you just can't, that can't happen. You have to be able to adjust. So, uh, Miami just needs to get its act together. I think the coordinators have got to tighten up, uh, Josh Gaddis, you could sit here and debate all day and night. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Steele, I think has done a decent job, but maybe because of the problems that he has been having, getting his guys in the secondary to do the right things, uh, I thought he got a little too conservative last week. I, th- I thought that there were some third down plays, certainly second down plays where he needed to go after the quarterback, and he did not and um, he doesn 't want to leave his secondary exposed. I get that that's natural he 's been burned back there too many times this year, um, but this defense is not good enough to sit back they don 't tackle they're you know horrible open field tacklers and you saw that um, you know Duke went on a seventeen play drive that went. Uh, the length of the field, and really turned the game. I mean, you know, just turned all the momentum. I mean, Miami's offense was on the sidelines uh, way too long. And, uh, you know, so I thought he needed to be a little more aggressive last week. So they just got to tighten up. man. They're not overshadowed or overmatched in any of these games.
5: But they
1: haven't. No, they haven't.
5: They have been. They have not. I think it's – well (laughs) – Who do you think think they they were overmatched by? Well, they were obviously overmatched by Duke, only because – let me explain why. Because when when someone comes in better prepared than you, there would be no reason why that team should look that unprepared. Duke was a terrible team last year, terrible team. So what do you sum it up to? Is it the kids? The kids are more open to learning? Or the coaches are realizing, hey, listen, Miami – Listen, they have issues. Jet, Jet Simpson probably gave him the whole playbook. Listen,
1: this team is going to crash. No, he, he doesn't have the playbook. He couldn't give him the playbook. But he, what he did do no, is he gave question. him evaluations that's on every player out there.
5: A playbook in a sense of knowing the team. A playbook in a sense of knowing the team.
1: Yes, that the strengths and weaknesses of every player team. out there. Yes.
5: That team has underperformed all year long. Why? That's the big. That's the biggest question. At this point, it's a mental thing with these kids. These kids mentally are shot. You can't have that many four-stars on any team and for them to, for, for so many of them to perform like low-rated two-stars.
1: You know They need to get so, un, unshot.
5: Even, even with the worst coaching, if you, if you recruited well and did your evaluations, more wins than Miami with four-stars with four-star kids. I think these kids are shocked. Their heart isn't in it anymore. They're waiting for the season to end. Like you said, they're spending those NIL checks. They're having fun. Hey, the season isn't going good. Hey, but let's go do this after the game to, you know, to forget about it,
1: yeah, I, I, I think now, now you're being like Sebastian. I think at BK. I think you're saying some things you don't really know what you're talking about. We don't know what the players are you know, doing with their know, money. We don't mean, know it's what it's they're doing after games. Game. We don't know any of that. But but you know, I'm just saying, Barry, is I it, what I said like, was, is it a coincidence or is it, is it not, not? The two most disappointing teams in college football are the two that had the most nil money.
5: And look at the problems they have. Look at the problems they're having. Maybe the money is the issue. The money is the common denominator.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So maybe these people
5: I, feel that hey, I got some money. You know, like I could go out and scores. I'm not saying that that's what's happening. I'm saying that that could be a factor. That the money is a bigger issue than most people or my or 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 um, Mario expected it to be. But they might not even be thinking system. about it.
1: But it's just it's just something that, that one of our subscribers noticed and brought to my attention today. And I said, you know what? You know, you might be onto something there. Um, but I listen, what the, coaches, what the coaches, what the coaches have, told, have told me this week is that the kids are still engaged. They, 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 are, they are actually amazed, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they are amazed at the attitudes of the kids, the way they keep bouncing back, uh, the way they stay engaged. They want to play well. Uh, I don't know if you read Tyreek Stevenson's blog this week on our site. Um, he talked a lot about that, and you can see loud and clear how he feels about it. And he's one of the leaders on defense. They have not quit on defense. Um, offensively, I think there have been a lot of issues. I don't think they've quit, but there's just so much turbulence, you know. Um, but they found a, a receiver who can make plays, and in Colby Young, uh, Jacoby George got a chance to make some plays last week. I thought he did okay. Um, you know, Brashard Smith has done better the last few weeks. If they could just pull all of this together, uh, I think that they can be very competitive these last five games.
5: I hope so. Because if the coaches are saying that, then the problem is the, the coaching, the actual game preparation. If you're the, saying the problem not, is the mental in and
1: in physical softness of this football team, that's the biggest problem. Just mentally well, maybe and physically they cave way too easily. They have not responded to adversity at all this season. Okay. Every adversity that's hit them in the face has been devastating. They didn't respond to any of it. You know, when Tyreek muffed the punt in college station in three plays, Texas A&M scored a touchdown, you know, when they fought fell behind early to middle Tennessee because of the, uh, the bombs and, uh, and also the turnovers on offense, they spotted Middle Tennessee 38 points. There was no response. Okay? When things went haywire against Duke the other day, there was no response. So it's, just, it's, 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 it's a mentally and physically soft football team that over time is going to have to be reconditioned if, amongst the guys that end up sticking. And there's not going to be a ton. I, I think another, you'll see another 20 in the portal this year.
5: I think it's going to be more than
1: that. <laughs> it might. It might be more. Uh, I, I'm, be, I'm, I trying be gener- I'm trying to be generous. I'm trying to be generous. But I think there'll be 20.
5: Well, let's keep our fingers crossed, hoping they could beat um, Florida State. Let's start off by beating Virginia and then beating Florida State and hopefully we could pull out
1: Pittsburgh.
5: Yeah, yep, beat Florida, Virginia Florida. and then
1: everybody's got to show up for Florida State. Team, coaches, fans. All right, Gary. Thanks a lot, man. Just keep me on. All right, BK. Thank, thank you, as always, for being part of the show. Uh, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Plenty of open phone lines. Let's go to the 727 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight?
7: Hey, Gary. How are you doing? It's Jake from St. Pete. How are you doing?
1: Hey, what's up, Jake? How are you doing tonight?
7: Oh, I was at that debacle last weekend, and um, one thing I, I, I don't understand is, it really, I, I don't see any any means for optimism right now. Um, I I, I, I hate to say that. I mean, uh, as a preface, I I tripled my season ticket spend this year because I, I was so excited about the prospect of. Of not being infuriated by Miami football again, like I, I got I'm, a, I I a
1: friend of mine, he, he he committed to a skybox for three years. <laughs> he, he, I like feel ready, bad for him. He, he goes like find find me the tallest bridge in South Florida, you know. But it, it yeah,
7: it'll be it, it is. But like you know, look, I, I I expected to win the coastal this year. I, I, I certainly did. Uh, I thought ten and two was a possibility. I thought nine and three was probably realistic. Eight and four is a little disappointing. Right now, we what will we have to do? Run the table to, <laughs> to get to seven and five. I mean,
1: yeah, you it, you it, you still for eight and four. four right now? I'd kill for it. And, and, and but but that's
7: like. And here's the thing, though, It is like, I these are just maddening losses. They're they're not like I thought it was bad. Manny's first year when when we lost to Duke in FIU. But at least we didn't get crushed by them. We got crushed by Middle Tennessee and Duke this year. Crushed mm-hmm. by them. We were I, – I left I, – I, I couldn't. My my blood pressure – I thought I was going to have an aneurysm in the fourth quarter. And, and I didn't even see that, that Jake Garcia implosion, or at least not most of it. I, I had to leave. I, I couldn't take it. And, and And so, you know, like they say – fans got to show up. Why? Like, why? I I keep asking myself that because I I don't want to like, but uh, like the whole ride home from that game, I'm like, why am I doing this? I I come from St. Petersburg, so I drive four hours or I hop a flight and rent a car. I stay at hotels. I I spend money at the stadium. I mean, like, I I spend a pretty good amount of money going to these games. And it's, like, yeah. it's one thing to lose. Like, you know, I, I told you when I called in a couple weeks ago, uh, the North Carolina game, if that happened in a vacuum I, I don't like winning, but I, like that was a good game. It was entertaining, start to finish. It looked like we could have pulled it off. We didn't. Okay, cool. But getting crushed by NC State, or not NC, uh, uh, Middle Tennessee State and Duke, like it's, it's maddening because there is just so much more talent. And that game, so we stayed overnight Friday night. Normally uh, I'm rushing just because we leave Saturday morning to go to the noon games. I thought the game was at noon. So I went, and you could just see in the warm-ups, that Duke team, they were ready. They were pumped. They were excited. Our team was just kind of flat out there. I'm not going to say like they were they gave I don't think they gave up or anything. Uh, guys were still putting in effort to they, they just didn't know what they were doing. But I, I just this team looks so entirely unprepared, and I just can't say, like a lot of it's on players. You can't blame eight turnovers on the coaches, but like Mario, he kills himself. How many times are they going to run up the gut and get stuffed on fourth down? And then even worse, do that when a field goal is a very viable option. Borgallis is pretty lights out from inside 30. Like, go up 10. Go up 10. Quit being a moron. Quit, like, quit being cute. You know, one of the, I, I just
1: – I don't think cute is the right smug. word. I, I, what's that? I don't think smug is the right word either. I, I think I – think, and I don't think – I was going to say desperate. I don't think desperate is the right word either. I, I think he's be trying to be aggressive. To uh, you yeah, know, I think he's heard some of the people say he's not aggressive enough, which is total absolute baloney. Um, and, and I hope he didn't hear it. I hope he wouldn't listen to it, even if he did. I think he's trying to make something happen for his team, and he's being too aggressive for this level of team that he has this year. You can't do it.
7: But that's just that, that's being smug and it's being arrogant. Because you know what? How um, many times Mario's have we been bad.
1: stuffed on fourth and one? That's arrogant. It's called not it, it, That's called not being good enough, man. You know, it, 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 and, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't. But dispute, then you got to yeah. know it. I, this is second like time that's happened. But, court court. I haven't seen that offensive line move anybody since College Station. Now they were kicking yeah, butt. I, but that, at, that's at, arrogance. At that, that, like, that's a it,
7: refusal it, it, to accept the reality, and, and and then also causing yourself harm because of a refusal to accept reality. That's arrogance. Well,
1: and, look at it. time out for one second. Think about this for a minute. Mario <clears> this <throat> of all is all about his offensive line, okay all, he, he, His offensive line is everything, okay? He's the head coach. He spends as much practice time um, working with Alex Meerball with the offensive line as he does being the head coach. I mean every he 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 is all in with his offensive line. When you do that and you're a coach, you believe in your guys, man. It, it, it's like I don't know if you've ever coached, I mean uh yeah, i I've coached, yeah I mean I I've coached kids I can relate to this it's like when you spend all that time coaching kids uh, no matter what age um uh, you believe that they can get it done and you know so he that's rolled pride guys,
7: pride goeth before the fall mm-hmm. in this case well, and that I, has been a giant fall because okay, you know why it's it, 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 when like you said our talent, I don't think it's lacking to beat Duke. And anyone who says that, it's a bullshit excuse. But our yeah. talent has been suspect this year. You can't give other teams that kind of momentum. Especially because, you know, like one of the callers said before, the, the teams come here geared up. Like I, I sit, I, I'm on the 50 yard line, right behind the visitors' uh, bench. There, every day, and I see them jazzed up. They are ready to give us their all. And when you shoot yourself in the foot, when the head coach does it, it trickles down. You know what? I, again, I, I'm, I, I don't well, want to be a Manny apologist, coach, but like coach this team rallied last win,
1: Jake. year. Jake, with Jake, time out, man. It's like the head coach isn't shooting the team in the foot. He is showing confidence in the team. It might be misguided confidence, but he is showing confidence in his players. It is. I,
7: it's. Yeah. But, but that's 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 stupid it, it is there, there's no reason you have no evidence that that will work and then especially like the the, 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 the Jacurry brown play like everybody saw that he may as well have called timeout walked over to the other sideline and said hey yeah you see your quarterback that everyone knows can't hit the broadside of a barn we're going to put him in the backfield on a fourth down play and and run it right up the middle i mean that, hey, that's man, the, the line only line way line he could telegraph that play yeah. more
1: they lined him up a wide receiver. <laughs> I was calling for that week one. Actually, I, you know what? That that I, wasn't a bad it play. It. That it was a was bullshit holding game. call. I, I so maybe you're to something there, Gary. I, I, no, I you know, no, 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 no.
7: I,
5: I
3: saw how
1: athletic <laughs> he was in training camp and I and and in spring practice and I'm like, "Man." And then when they had when they were talking about how bad the receivers are, and they were, we saw him. I mean, they were dropping everything and whatever. I, said, I was just thinking to myself, "I wonder what JaCurry Brown would look like if he took a <laughs> couple <of> reps at <laughs>
7: receiver." But then, like that's creativity. But then it just seems like their creativity is good for like a series, and then it just dies out. And then it's just, oh, we're going to go back to the same old crap. And maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I, just don't. I don't have an answer. But it just seems like everything it, it has gone horrendously wrong. Recruiting right now is no different than any time in the past. I mean, yeah, we got a good offensive lineman, fantastic. But other than that, we're we're dead in the water with all the other – you know, like in July it looked like we thought we were going to get a feast of five-star players and top 50 guys. We're dead in the water on all of them. Damon Wilson, he's going to Ohio State. Hell, we might not even get Reuben Bain from the looks of it. And it's just like
1: so – so now, down, so like, uh, let me tell you something about that too. Not to interrupt you, but you're getting long-winded. Oh, well, go for it. Uh, I, I, recruiting, starts, recruiting starts. December one. Okay. Uh, let me. Let me. It is going to be the wild, wild west. NIL deals are going to be flying all over the place. Some schools are not going to be able to afford the commitments that they've made to kids, uh, and and kids are going to be turned loose. And it's going to be crazy in December. So I would not assume. That Miami is getting or not getting anybody. That would be my advice. Here's
7: here's another problem though, is is buying players going to be the answer? So all you we're, can do. You guys, guys were just talking
1: about it. Well, no, but you were just talking
3: that's about all it.
1: You can do, Jake. Just be, happy to be until there's legislation and there's some controls put in place. That's all you can do is is, is have the budget for NIL and do the deals. I mean. There's no choice. You wouldn't get anybody if No, but
7: like
6: Did kids
5: you think who go, God, to
7: Bama, go to Bama go hmm? you, you, you to Bama. One of, like to kids who go to Ohio State go to Ohio State. NIL is gravy. If you're having to pay kids to come there, how loyal are they for it? How hard are mm-hmm. they going to work? And especially if you're having to dump a, a Brinks truck in front of them, uh, yeah. you know, give them these massive deals. You know, look, I, I'm not like I don't want to make a broad blanket statement, but a lot of these kids don't have anything. So if you go throw a quarter million dollars in front of them, mm-hmm. you don't know what the the results going to be because that's more money than they've ever seen in their lifetime, and 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 now all of a sudden they're rich. They're not looking five years down the road, saying, "Hey, I can really be rich if I come here and develop and go to the NFL." I've got a quarter million dollars. I've got more money than I've ever known in my whole life. And and so, you know, it's relative, and that's not necessarily a good thing. And, I mean, you know, hey, take advantage, do what you can, but I I just, you know, if we have to buy our roster, look what's happening at Texas A&M. Talk about a bigger disappointment than us. Uh, (laughs) You know, they're they're a train wreck. And and like you guys were talking about earlier, it's it's, – uh there there is a common denominator i don't you know we have no evidence that that's the case but there there is a plausible uh uh reality there that that could be lending to this you know i don't know hey I, you know what hey i call uh uh as always i, I enjoy the show and uh uh let's you jump on to some other guys so uh have a good have a good rest of the All week
1: right, I, yep thanks for calling in all right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got a bunch of open phone lines. Uh, if you want to come on tonight, I encourage you to call in now. Hit the one on your keypad once you do, and uh, that will put you in the queue. Uh, right now, let's go out to the 772. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? Oh, it's
0: uh, Duvial. I'm a subscriber, hey, do, but uh, I don't subscribe under my name. But um, uh, not a problem. Just uh, you know, o- you. overreactions all, all around. Obviously, that's that happens when you lose. Um, but let me say this: they went out and hired top coaches. You know, they paid for top coaches, co- especially on defense. I mean, these are all guys that are some of the best around. On you know, and and on offense a little bit too. Uh, and we're you know we're we're having same issues that we have been having for years, but. You know the team just being mentally soft. You know they 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 don't show up. You know for 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 certain games uh, when they fall behind they don't they don't you know they, they just mentally fall apart. Um, I th- I think you know <laughs> really what's going on is we've been recruiting mentally soft players for a long time, and that is gonna have to change under Mario. It's gonna have to change because Mario's not gonna coach that way either, and that has been one of the big things that's hitting everyone the hitting the players. I think I believe I don't know that but. You know, it, it must be that these players are not used to this. That you know, the character that they recruited wasn't wasn't ma- wasn't made for the type of you know coaches that 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 that's coaching them. Um, and you know, they're going to have to rebuild this team. They're going to have to rebuild from from bottom up with you know bringing new players that are that are, that are coming mentally prepared for for the coaches that are you know they're going to be coaching them. Um, but we have you know the common denominator is is, is the players. <laughs> you know, the the coaches that change. We, and it's not like you know we brought brought in a bunch of untested rookies, and uh, you know we're still kind of doing the same stuff that you know. So you know it's 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 like Jimmy said, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmys and Joes.
1: Yep. Uh, no yeah. argument at all. So we're there. gonna have,
0: to have we're gonna have to be patient.
1: Yeah, uh, the question is gonna be how patient. I, I think you know somebody asked Mario yesterday how long does this, is this rebuild going to take? How long does a rebuild take? And Mario's answer was that it depends on your starting point. And he's really right. Like, you know, what is the starting point? Where is this team right now? Uh, I don't feel like it's as bad as it seems because of all the things I talked about 15 minutes ago. Um, I just think that it's, not a very mentally strong team. I think they've let these games get away from them. I think they were, they were not overmatched in any game they've played this year. And I hope it balances out the second half of the season here because, uh, but you know, I don't think this has to be a five year thing or, you know, anything like, like that. I think this can be a two to three year rebuild because of the portal and because of the way that Mario can recruit and uh, they need to keep the commitments they have. They need to build on them and they need to slay the portal once again uh, in this off season, Yeah. Yep. To be honest, it's going to take probably three years at least because you're not going to build
0: yeah, a championship team with a portal. the portal. The players you're getting on the portal are, are, you know, those are players that you know. Every now and then you get, but usually it's it's players that you know are you know didn't you know do well somewhere else. Unless it's a player that's like from but, Miami. But that's or something not that's true. Like look, of, look cool.
1: at what they've gotten in the portal here, man. If you look like think about all the players they've gotten in the portal. Uh, from Jalen Phillips to K.J. Osborne uh, to Mesador I mean, you've gotten some pretty damn good players. I mean, uh, you you know, what if Ryan Day at Ohio State goes to the NFL like a lot of people think he's going to? What happens to his recruiting class? What happens to his players that are at Ohio State that, you know, might want to go back to another school or might want to, you know, they're not feeling it in Columbus or whatever, like, You don't ever know, um, you know, and coaches have connections all over the place. They have inroads, the kids, uh, you know, how do you get a Daryl Jackson, a defensive tackle of that level to come here from uh, Maryland? You know, just boom. Isn't he a Miami kid, though? No. No. But I don't don't know the answer to this question, but my point is he's a really good player, and he left and came to Miami. Uh, Mesidor – was probably West Virginia's best defensive player. He, he wanted to, to go somewhere else. Look at basketball. Nigel Pack, one of the best shooters in the country for K-State, um, wanted to come play in the ACC, came to Miami. So the transfer portal, it puts the power into the hands of the kids. They can do whatever they want. And uh, trust me, kids are constantly being illegally recruited and being tampered with. Uh, They're being told of different options that they have at different schools in both directions. Like I guarantee you that there's people reaching out to Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia right now for sure. And probably Jakuri Brown too. I mean, people are always going to be looking in this environment. They're going to be looking to poach other people's players. There is going to be tons of movement. And if you have your act together, like I feel the Mario Cristobal Miami hurricanes do in this regard, you can pick up some pretty damn good players. Uh, through the portal. Gary, I just want to say
0: one last thing, because I know there's other callers. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that there may not be necessary to make one or two changes to the coaching staff, but we've been, you know, blaming the coaches for years. And uh, at some point, you know, you hired the right coaches. When you hired them, you, you, you know, you know they, they came in with, with the resume. Um, you know, there might be one or two that the resume is not as developed. Um, but, you know, you hired good coaches. So are you, are you all of a sudden going to, okay, well, these coaches forgot how to coach? Uh, no. Well, there's been some things that, have, that haven't gone right, first of all, you know, and, and that, that made a difference between you know, winning Texas A&M. I mean, imagine if we would have won against Texas A&M, you know, the whole attitude might, might have been different, and that could have changed the entire season. But at the end of the day, the, the team is mentally soft, and they're not, I don't think they're responding. They're not ready for the type of uh, rigor that you know, competing at a high level – requires from a mental side of it. I just, I mean, I, I can I don't know that, but I can kind of see that from what I see. But I think we need to stop you know, overreacting and wanting to fire every coach and start over every year. These are good coaches. I mean, there may be one or two that aren't proven yet, but these are good coaches that are, are paid a lot of money for a reason. We're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to recruit. We're going to have to go out and find better players and, and players that are, you know, mentally tough. That's like the type of players that go to Alabama. Those players go there knowing they're going to compete against other five stars, knowing it's going to be rough, knowing the practices are going to be rough, knowing that they're going to be, you know, a lot of demands of them. But they go in already knowing that. Those players that go to Alabama, they know they know they're competitors because you're not going to go to Alabama if you're mentally soft because you know if you're, you're looking to go to a uh, sorry school so you can not compete. So that's the type of players we need. We need not just great athletes. That too, obviously. You know, Nick Saban would not be Nick Saban if he didn't have recruiting classes, but, you know, you also need that, you know, that type of mentally tough player that Mario, I believe, will recruit. You know, Highsmith is there. I mean, we've got the right people. You know, we just have to make it work, and I think they will.
1: All right, man, is that it? Pretty much. (laughs) I wish I had something else, but you're
0: going to be grinding. Uh, We're going to have to grind.
1: Thanks for being part of the show. All right, the number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We have a wide open board now. Uh, So if you want to get on tonight, now is the time for you to call in, and um, we'll get you on the show tonight. In the meantime, uh, let's take a couple minutes here, and let's work our way through these YouTube comments and talk a little bit about those. Um, Greg Harlem says Jake is a turnover machine can't complete anything over the middle. Um, what I would say, Greg, is uh, don't judge Jake by what he did in the second half against Duke. Uh, it went, it, it went astray on him. Uh, he, he clearly was not totally prepared for the, for that game. And um, I wouldn't put a label on him. You're going to get a chance to see Jake Garcia with a week of preparation uh, starting this weekend, probably the next few, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but um, I, I wouldn't put a label on him because he threw a couple of interceptions and turned the ball over uh, three times in um, in the Duke game. I, I really wouldn't. Um, 818 Callie Kane says, is Chris Johnson still in limbo? Uh, we've actually spent a lot of time in the last few days uh, talking to Chris Johnson um, um, we had a story on him on the website a couple of days ago. Um, Zuby Charles uh, spent some time with him yesterday. And um, I think the best way I could answer that is Chris. I think Chris Johnson's looking for where his best NIL prospects are going to be. And um, if that ends up being Miami, then I think he'll be a Miami hurricane. Uh, I don't know that Miami's going to wait forever to play that game, you know, like, you know, John Ruiz has made it clear. I am not doing bidding wars. Okay. We treat, he, you know, everybody gets fair deals with, with life wallet, who he chooses to be life wallet athletes. Uh, he's not big on bidding wars against other schools. So um, I think it's going to be up to Chris Johnson uh, and, uh, you know, if he, if he makes a move relatively soon, I think he's got the opportunity to come to Miami. Um, if he chooses to push it down to the wire, I think there's other running backs that they will be pursuing. And, um, one of them I will throw out there is Mark Fletcher from American heritage. He's committed to Ohio state. Um, I think he is very much still in Miami's, uh, sites and I think there's a decent chance uh, that when, uh, this wild, wild east and west and north and south, uh, kicks in, in, um, in December, that Miami has a chance to flip him from Ohio State. Uh, Jason B says, what's up with Zion? Will he play this year? Man, what a freaking mess this has been. So in the summer, um, and I'm just going to tell the story the way I've heard it. If I, I hope I'm not factually incorrect on any of this. But uh, I believe that Zion was counseled to get his knee cleaned up. He was giving him some problems. Probably should have done it months earlier. He did not. Um, and uh, he had a knee, a knee cleanup. And it just hasn't you know, been totally right. And now we're sitting here seven games into the season. Personally, I hope he doesn't come back. I hope he gets right physically and he's a good offensive lineman, and I think he could be a valuable part of next year's team. And I hope that he doesn't try to play this year and comes back fully healthy next year. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. I do not think we will see him at Virginia. Uh, 818, Cali Kane wants to know, what happens if the Canes lose the rest of their games this year? Oh, man. Uh, God, you could just fill in the blanks. Just fill in the blanks on that, man. Uh, it would be miserable around here, I'll tell you that. I hope that does not happen. I think that they will play a good game at Virginia this week. Um, I think it's good for them that they are getting out of town and, and going on the road. And uh, I'm hoping that they can rally the troops and play a good game against Virginia. I think the FSU game um, being put uh, prime time Uh, a a week from Saturday is huge. I think it gives them something to look forward to. And uh, I I think it all, you know, together should motivate them enough to play well this week and just start fixing all these problems uh, that, you know, that that they've had that have cost them football games. So hopefully that's how it plays out. Ferdacaine26 wants to know why does Mario like to pick, pick on us so much I, I, he's probably talking about matt uh with that comment uh mario did not pick on matt there was one funny um there was one funny thing that um that happened many 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 years ago where matt wrote a story and um i can't god i can't remember who the recruit is right now um but mario didn't like the subject matter and he gave matt a hard time out on the uh on the practice field, but uh, no, nah, there's no, there's no issues there on that one. Um, are we out of it for Cedric Baxter, the running back out of Orlando? Man, Alfredo Roque. That is a great question. Out of nowhere this week, Cedric Baxter sets up a visit to Florida state. And that of course um, sends a signal that his recruitment still open. Uh, and, uh, I would be shocked if Miami, which was seemed to have been doing relatively well with him at one point, uh, doesn't make a phone call there and see if there is interest in, in also reconsidering Miami. Uh, so, uh, I can't predict how that phone call would go, but, uh, I, I, do, I do think that, uh, there will definitely be an inquiry there. Uh, Greg Harlem says this team is soft as Charmin, um. Probably mentally, even more so than physically, uh, they have not responded well at all to any adversity uh, at any level, and um, you know it, it's something that's going to have to change that's That's when you hear people talk about culture, uh, you hear Mario talk about culture that's what he's he's referring to, and um, you know yeah they they have been soft. Um, McCaramick's is telling me, get rid of my headset. It, the headset's not the problem, no. though. It's just, it's just the phone The phone bank needs, needed to be rebooted. That's all. Um, to, I know it's been, it's been kind of goofy at times this year, and I apologize for that. You know, we try to have everything rock solid all the time, uh, but we uh, injected a lot of new technology into the equation this year, and uh, the first half of the season, it's been, a, it's been rocky at times, but, uh, but we've, got, we've got it all figured out now, and it's, it, it's working. It was just a system that needed to be rebooted tonight. And uh, luckily, we were able to do it uh, fifty two biggie says, "Where in the hell is, is Gilbert uh, frying? I think he means Frierson. man, like they haven't been playing him a ton, and I, I think you know that tells you that he really is not is, is not playing really, really well and and they don't like putting him out there. The thing that 's held back Gilbert throughout his uh, his whole career has really been. Um, lack of speed. And, you know, he gets beat. He gets beat because he's just not fast enough. Uh, not too dissimilar to DJ Ivy, who gets beat if he's put in a one-on-one situation with a speed receiver on the outside like he was against Middle Tennessee. Um, so, look, it is what it is. He's a really nice kid. Uh, this will be his last year, I'm sure, in the program. And, uh, no, he's not getting a chance to, to to play very much no doubt. 904 Hurricane says to Carrie and Matt I'm assuming he means me um, think about the mentality difference between a recruit committing to Manny and the turnover chain and a recruit committing to Mario and the use back to, to work that is a great, great, great comment 904 um, yeah it, it, and, and 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 think about the impact of that over a couple years and, and that's what you're talking about when you're talking about culture change uh, you know you get the kids coming into the program that want to work, that want to be challenged, that want to be coached hard. Um, and uh, as that compounds itself and you have the exits to the portal, the exits to graduation and, and the new, the new names and bodies coming in, that have the right attitudes. Uh, that's how you turn a roster, turn a program, turn a culture. And the guys on the current team that don't want to conform and don't want to be part of that. They're not going to be here. Okay. So, you know, if you're a current hurricane, if you're a parent of a current hurricane that's listening to this, uh, don't be offended by that. Uh, it is reality. Um, look at how Brashard Smith responded when his family and he sat down and met with Mario. And I'm assuming Kevin Smith was in the room as well and had a heart to heart. Like, Brashard, you have talent. We can, we can feature that talent. We can make you. A productive member of this football team, you have to do your part, you got to go to class you got to be you got to be on time um, you know you got to do all the things that are expected of you as a Miami hurricane football player, and um, we will do this for you and you know so that that happened, and um, it worked out pretty well and um, you know you can extrapolate that now, hopefully over a lot of different guys on the football team and the culture starts to change. Um, you know, if that happens and, um, you know, the guys that want to be part of it, they will survive. If, If the guys that don't want to be part of it, uh, they will not. Um, let's see here. Uh, co Barney says, Hey gentlemen, would you guys agree we have to give the coaches a little time to get their players in and uh, and then let's see. Uh, yeah. That's like, that's exactly uh, what we were just talking about uh, without question. And it is going to take a little time, but it's, it can also happen very fast because of the portal. And um, you know, the, 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 the fact that you can turn your roster uh, very, very quickly by using traditional recruiting and the portal, the new rules, allow you to do whatever you want and whatever you need to do to get to the 85 limit. So the more slots that you open up, the more um, players you can bring in. And uh, so with all these rules, the way they are now with the portal and traditional recruiting, you can turn a roster very, very quickly and, and and get things right in your program. All right. We're still open on the phone lines, uh, 563 999-3550-563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. So I will continue uh, with these uh, comments on YouTube. Uh, Canes for Life, he says, this is time that we see who really loves the U. Ruiz is in, Mario's in, the administration's in. What fans are in? Yeah, man. I mean, everybody really needs to show up for the Florida State game. Uh, There's no doubt about it. That has got to be a showcase for this program. Uh, it's an opportunity. Uh, I know a lot of got, you guys out there are scared about this Florida State game. Oh, my God, we're going to get blown out by Florida State. Uh, I'll do a Matt Shodell Im- Im- imitation right now. But, um, no, man, like you can't look at it like that. Like Miami's not overmatched by Florida State. Look at last year. The game came down to one play. It might come down to one play this year. That is an opportunity um, on steroids man steroids like you know you're gonna have you have them at home it's a night game you're gonna have all the buzz of those miami knights uniforms i mean that could be a great night not too dissimilar to what we experienced in 2017 against notre dame if the fan base will allow it to be that show up at the stadium have fun tailgating the miami fsu tailgates are the most epic thing you will ever see in your life if, if you don't have your own tailgate What you do is you just come out to the stadium, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon and just spend the next three, four hours just walking up and down the rows and watching everybody party. You will never have seen anything like that in your life. Trust me. It is incredible out there. And um, that's where Hard Rock Stadium comes in handy because it's great for tailgating. Uh, You know, you got that big parking lot and those long rows and everybody can uh, get grouped up with their friends and stuff and they bring music and, um, and DJs and, and, and everything else. And uh, it is a really, really, really good time. Uh, let's see. Pine- Pinellas came. He says, when's the coaching staff going to do something that the other team wasn't ready for? Uh, well, I mean, I think they tried that with Curry Brown a little bit. But I kind of uh, get where you're going with this, Pinellas. Uh, I mean, we have seen – Teams, for whatever reason, like, roll the wrinkles out galore when they come to play Miami. And, you know, obviously they prepare uh, for that game. That game is circled on their calendar all summer long. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, you know, it's always something simple, like Southern Miss, you know, a coverage they've never shown before. Duke, a blitz scheme that is totally unsound in basic football, nobody would have ever worked against it in spring or fall camp. Um, because it's so unsound, like, you know, they left themselves so exposed the way they sold out and, and, and blitzed everybody on those couple, uh, uh, situations, but it worked, you know, um, you know, it it worked. And, you know, I, so I get where Pinellas is coming from when he says, when are the Canes going to do that to somebody else? And, uh, Hey, maybe it'll be this week. Maybe we'll see an expanded Jacurry Brown package or something like that. The rooster has been a doo-doo doo. yeah, I, 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 um, I talked about that a little bit early in the year. Chris Brown points out that he did break his hand. Maybe it's not as strong anymore. He's definitely uh, uh he's definitely having problems holding on to the ball. He's had he's had ball security problems all year. Uh I'm not making excuses for him with with a hand. Um, but he needs to do a better job, or else he can't be on the field. I mean, his mistakes are changing games, uh, no doubt about it. What the heck is this? My head looks like a number two pencil. What you mean? It, what is it? The the headset or whatever? You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the um, the chroma key. Yeah, I don't know. I apologize for that, E. Taylor. Um, but I I hope I'm smarter than the number two pencil. Um. <laughs> P.A. Burdine says the fumbling rooster strikes again. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about, Um, you know, is what it is at this point. Pinellas Kane again. Kill the word salad. All I'm doing is making excuses. Jesus Christ. This is one of my pet peeves, man. I get accused. You know, we have to – we're on the message boards every day. We do these shows. And we have to discuss every single team. I mean, every single thing going on with the team and we and, and and we have to know what the heck we're talking about okay it's like this is not like this this is like you you just like we just come on and do these shows and you know we do Kane sport live or whatever i mean there are hours on top of hours on top of hours of work conversations talking to different people getting information that goes into doing what we do i mean this isn't just fly off the seat of our pants here so it's not always excuses it, it, it's like can it be explanations? Uh, you know, I usually, if something happens in a game, I usually try to find out what and why and and understand exactly what happened. And uh, if I explain it on one of these shows or I explain it on the message boards, I'm not making an excuse. I mean, there's no such thing as excuses um, in you know, in any of this, I mean, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's explanations. Okay. Not excuses. Uh, our man, Philly, I don't understand why he couldn't just make his name Philly. This, uh, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11, but, um, Dusty said on Dusty and Danny this morning, whatever the heck that is, that you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't have culture, you don't have buy-in and you don't have an identity standard. You have nothing. And there's a lot of truth to that Philly. Uh, You know, um, Mario's been working on the culture, man. I mean, he's been working on the culture from day one that he arrived. I mean, they had nine months to work on the culture before this season started. So I don't think he's at square one culture-wise. And the evidence of that is that when you talk to Kevin Steele and, and, and some of the other coaches, and I mentioned this earlier, the message that you get is that the players are totally invested, especially on defense. They're totally bought in. They want to be better. They show up with good attitudes every week. They want to be good. They are very attentive. Okay. Um, That means the culture is okay. Um, Buy-in, you know, I I do think that there's been a little bit of a buy-in issue because um, Mario works these kids hard, man. I mean, those off season workouts and, and practices, they're very physical. They go full speed. You know, he's not playing out there. And, you know, when I watched the team leave the field at uh, Texas A&M, I saw a beaten-up football team, man. I mean, he got those kids to play really, really hard that day against an SEC team with SEC bodies. Now, they got, they got problems over there in College Station. You see they're losing. One problem they don't have is athletes, you know, very similar to what uh, Philly is saying here. They have players, and they got dudes over there. That was a physical football game. And I saw a lot of guys leaving the field in Miami Hurricanes jerseys, looking very beaten up and and very sore and 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 I'm I I haven't seen that in a very long time, okay. Um, not to not anywhere close to that degree, okay. And you know that's not fun, man. It's like you know you're hurting for a week, at least a week after a game like that. You know it, it, it's like it's hard to bounce back from that. And I do believe that that had something to do with what we saw against Middle Tennessee. Now, uh, Pinellas came will be saying, oh, there Gary goes, making those excuses again. But uh, no, man, it's not an excuse. I saw how beaten up that team was leaving College Station. And when I see them not show up the next week, I mean, I process it, and that had to be part of the reason. Okay, I, I don't want to hurt like that again this week. I, you know, we have an easy game this week. We're playing Middle Tennessee State. This is a week off, okay? Now, that's suicidal in football. We know that. But these kids, they haven't been winners. They haven't won. They don't know what it takes to win. They're learned, This is what they're learning. Um, it's part of the changing the culture, the buy-in, the identity standard, Philly, that you're talking about in, in, in this comment here. Um, so, like, to discuss it, to to, to bring it up, it's not an excuse. It's, uh, you know, it, 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 I hope that you can evolve to see it as an explanation because that's, that's what it is intended to do. Um, let's see here. What's this one? Um, Callie Kane talking about Mario Cristobal. His decision-making has been questionable for sure, but he ain't calling the defense or the offense, which the players are not executing either. Uh, that's very true. The, the head coach... Is <laughs> I do I just got yeah there's a there's a funny a, a funny post by uh E Taylor who says I'm a paid employee of the crystal ball Crystal Ball Association <laughs> no I am not but um you know as the head coach you're responsible for what your coordinators do I mean it's not an excuse it, it can't be oh I turn everything over to my coordinators because the head coach does always have veto power over that. Now, you know, I'm assuming that Mario, being the the CEO head coach that he is, he doesn't call the offense, he doesn't call the defense. I think he meets with his coordinators. I think they discuss the game plan. They discuss what the calls are going to be. And then when, uh, when game day comes, he lets them do their job. And, you know... Ultimately, everything that happens out there is the responsibility um, of the head coach, but uh, no, he's not making the calls. Uh, So this is a little bit, Callie Kane, a little bit of a slippery slope here, what you're saying. Uh, But I think ultimately the way you got to look at it is the head coach uh, is responsible. Can we create more pressure with a blitz once in a while, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Kevin Steele's gotten a little spooked by all those secondary uh, breakdowns that that they had. Um, I, I I think that that has caused him to be a little bit more conservative than maybe he normally would be. But you know what? Like those guys out there aren't helping him so much, man. They had that when it was fourth and fourteen the other day, and the the, the tight end goes uncovered in the middle of the field and they get the first down. I mean, that you know, like, that stuff can't happen, man, if you're going to win football games. And uh, so you could feel the Kevin Steele pain, I think, a little bit um, by, you know, in in that situation. Um, And I think it has made him maybe a little bit more conservative than he would normally be, and maybe a little bit more conservative than might be in – the best, uh, you know, the, the best interest of, of the defense. What the heck's this? Okay, I'm a South Florida pimp for Life Wallet. Bees better have Gary money. Man, I hope LifeWallet, they better have way better than Gary money. I'll tell you that because it's going to take a boatload. Um, one thing about this season is that um, – they, um, the NIL budget's gone up. <laughs> uh, you can bet the ranch that the NIL budget in the last few weeks has gone up. It is going to cost more uh, moving forward uh, with a lot of these kids that are going you know, to want to come to Miami in the portal uh, through traditional recruiting. And uh, I hope John Ruiz is, is up for it. I think he is, and, and they also have a collective now. I'm not sure how much money the collective has, um, but they do have a collective that will be participating in that as well. Um, all right. I think we pretty much uh, touched on it all. So that's going to do it uh, for Kane Sport Live tonight. A little bit of a, a different type of show. Uh, for those of you that just joined us, we did break news tonight um, on um, Jake Garcia. He will be starting this weekend. Will likely be the starting quarterback. Uh, the next three weeks. And uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. Matt and I talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you weren't with us, uh, you can make sure you go watch the podcast. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Jake does. I'm looking forward to that, um, to that this weekend. And, um Hope you guys are too. Um, one last comment here. You, Taylor says, hey, let's change the name of this show to the Gary Springer Show. <laughs> we kind of turned it into that here the last few minutes. But there were a lot of good questions, a lot of good comments, um, and, uh, and nobody in the queue to, t- to come on the show. So I figured uh, let's hit on all these topics and uh, try to fill everybody in the best we can. All right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on uh, Sport Live. Tomorrow night, we got a big Lamar Thomas show for you guys. Uh, Make sure you come back. Uh, Warren Sapp will be joining us on the show. We'll also have Malik Rozier uh, on the show. So it it should be a really good Lamar Thomas show tomorrow night. If you like this show, hit your subscribe button. Hit your uh, like button. It helps us with YouTube. Um, We'll see you tomorrow morning with Good Morning Cane Sport. And then again, tomorrow night with the Lamar Thomas show. So thanks again for watching. Uh, Have a great night, everybody.